one of these days I'll get used to the idea that we have decent equipment. And... We're competent. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Oh, fair point. Oh, we didn't see you there. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Cracker Classics. <laughs> Weekly podcast in which Joshua over there. That's me. And me, Ian. Hi. We take a classic movie, watch it, see if it sucks today. This should be interesting today. Yeah, it should be. Um, It's been a while since we've done a movie not in English. And we've not done a Russian movie yet. So we're going to the heart of the Cold War. 79. Mm Mm-hmm. And picking up a movie called Stalker. Which I ran across and has a reference in something else, and you were apparently made to watch it by someone recently. Weren't I you? was made to watch this just a few months ago. I wasn't actively paying attention, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but it's intriguing enough and worth a second watch. Did we say the name? Stalker. We might have said it, but mm. in case we didn't, it's called Stalker. It's not as creepy and toxic. As you're led to believe with that title. No, it's like a job, right? Where he his his job is the stalker. He stalks out in this world that's like got funky anomalies and mm-hmm. it's like, like a government restricted zone where weird shit happens. And stalkers are people that take other people in, like a tour guide. Exactly. And deep within this zone, there's a room. That grants your innermost desires. And if Hmm. you somehow survive the journey to get to this room, then you get to see this room where whatever you most want is revealed to you. Hmm. So this this story is the stalker guy who's done it multiple times. He reveres the zone and has great respect for it and also, you know, knows what goes on in that room. Yeah. And so he has feelings and opinions about it. (laughs) And he brings two guys with him who want to see it. One's like a writer looking for inspiration. Another one's a professor, I think, who's wanting to, like, figure it out science-wise, you know. And classic Russian morose depression ensues. (laughs) Russian storytelling. This is not a happy movie. I did not imagine it would be. Um, The context in which I heard about it, uh, they were also talking about its heavy influence on the movie Annihilation by, Mm. uh, ah, crap, what's his name? He also did Ex Machina and Men. Uh, Garner, Alex Garner? That sounds right. That sounds right. Um, We'll Google it at some point. But that was a movie that was definitely affecting to me. And I kind of want to see where it came from. Oh, yeah. This movie has apparently had a resurgence of popularity among some of the cool kids, which I think that's how I was shown it. (laughs) Yeah, one of the cool kids showed it to you. Yeah, pretty pretty Uh, much. Um, After seeing it, I've seen more uh, references to it and people talking about it. And it's sort of made the rounds on social media a little bit. It's like this year's Kate Bush, I guess. <laughs> old thing the kids have discovered this year. Look at this thing. Uh, I saw that when I was a kid. No, but it's so cool. Yeah, yes, it I is. Know. Good for you. 
I'm glad you found it. I mean, honest, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. No, good for you. Good for you. I you, mean, I mean, that's half the purpose behind us doing this is to help people discover these cool old things mm-hmm. and tell you what's worth checking out, what's worth missing, what's worth checking out with certain things in mind. Yeah. Um, just broaden your horizons a bit. Exactly. It's so easy to just consume what is new and has just come out and everyone telling you, you need to see this because everyone else is. Yeah. Because it's the new thing. But that doesn't mean it's great. Popular does not equal good. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely what was popular that is still good. And there's definitely what was not popular, was good, Mm -hmm. still is good, and needs to become better known. Yes. Yeah. The philosophy of Cracker Classics. <laughs> Seek that which ye do not know. Always explore. The safe path is not always the right path. Got any more cheeky and no, that's all I got. No. <laughs> That was a decent segue because, you know, the path. There's a path to this movie. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, know. of course. Because yeah. like I said, weird shit happens in this zone. Like, shit changes and it can, like interpret your psyche or your emotions and things alter because of that. There's like a weird sci-fi fantasy aspect to this. And I don't remember if they explain the existence of this zone, if it was like an asteroid or alien ship that landed or something. I kind of like it better when they don't explain those things. I feel like they do, though. This is a long enough movie that they probably do. Like... Giving it an origin, sure, but explaining the why behind it, sometimes I just don't want to know. I don't think there's a why explained, because it's okay. just so mysterious, and that's why a science guy is going in to try to learn more. And find out that his heart's desire is to actually remain ignorant. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I definitely imagine that uh, your heart's desire is not necessarily what you think it is, what you've convinced yourself it yeah. is. Um, there's always those many <laughs> layers to yourself that you, uh, <clears throat> tend to ignore. Yes. Squash down. <laughs> <laughs> That's not who I am. That's not me at all. But then they bubble up and, oh, look, <laughs> your true heart's desire. Whoops. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So there's a lot of philosophy in here. Yep. And a lot of just make you think stuff. But it's also a very well done movie and it looks cool. There's like this industrial wasteland feel to it. I love that aesthetic. And it was real. Like I remember <laughs> I remember reading up on the making of this movie and most of the people involved in making the movie died of cancer or poison related oh God. illnesses. <laughs> because they were literally using chemical industrial waste sites wasteland. and industrial yeah. sites. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Commitment to the bit. <sighs> Respect. Serious respect. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get our laughs out now because I doubt there'll be much <laughs> laughing as we go along. Because I remember this is rather deep, depressing it sort of movie. It seemed like it was going to be a heavy movie, mm-hmm. but I like heavy movies. But as I said, I wasn't actively paying attention because a lot of times when I'm subjected to something, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll... I'll half watch it in the background. Yes, and that's exactly what I did. And there'd be times <laughs> I'd be drawn back to the screen and, you know, I'd paying a little more attention by the end, but it's definitely worth a more attentive watch. Mm. So that's what we're going to do today. 
Yay! Shall we get started? I think we it's a shall. Long movie. We'll get back. We'll be back with uh, intermission impressions and some sludge, existential dread. Yes, floating in the industrial waste. Hooray! Well, well, we get a title card about an hour in. Yeah, I mean we had title cards at the beginning. Well, but... yeah, but it also felt like a good place to pause. But that means mm-hmm. we've got an hour and forty minutes on the back stretch. Yeah, <laughs> but it felt like an hour long intro as we learn things and get sort of set up uh, for stuff. It's what little there really <laughs> is. It's a thing. But is it as little as you think? Is there more to it? I'm, oh. I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> as to your uh, feelings so far. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what I can do with words on this one. <laughs> yeah. We had a Wizard of Oz moment, though. Oh, yeah, we had The movie was sepia and very black and whitey, and then... As we emerge into the zone, all of a sudden there's color, mostly green. Well, it but it didn't start sepia though. It started almost like a selenium tone, like True. it was more silvery. And that was home. And then once he left home and started meeting with the guys he's taking into the zone, it took on a more sepia tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and we evaded bright, the authorities. And... Bright green once we hit the zone. Mm-hmm. It's. Definitely painting a picture. Yes. I'm still uh, not sure what that picture is, though. I am not either. I mean, you sort of get the vibe from the stalker. You know, he says, we're here, home at last. You know, he takes a moment to sort of adjust to being in the zone again. And he, like, emerges kind of happy for a few minutes there. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, there's the drab world outside the zone that is lifeless and grayscale. But then in, in the zone is all the color and the life and the vibrancy, which really isn't there because it's so quiet and desolate and sort of dystopian. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Um, but that's almost a dichotomy. Of it's this stark, empty, dead... Green, lovely, mm-hmm. quiet, ominous. It's unsettling. Yes, it's that kind of quiet. Yep. You know, and as we learn more about the zone, it's still unsettling and sort of confusing. And apparently, it can yell at you. Ah, uh, yeah, that part. I don't. I don't know that part. What to make of that? Because it sounded like the stalker's voice. It did. But he said he didn't tell him to go back or to stop. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I'm impressed there was a warning. Because the way he keeps describing, oh, well, this is near fatal at every turn. There's traps and all of this shit. But you were given a warning. What does that mean? Why are you so damned important that you were warned about shit instead of just being sent immediately to your death. Because he's a writer. So? He's kind of a dick writer. Oh, he's a total dick writer. Yeah. I mean, writers kind of are. 
Yeah, but there's the levels of decorators. I mean, not all of them. Neil Gaiman has always been lovely. Yeah, he's twice, a lovely dick. That, he know, still has that dick side he, he to him. He does, for sure. Yeah. But there's writers who just write because they know that they can make a lot of money writing about certain stuff. And and that's sort of the vibe that I get of this writer. I don't know. I had to write down what he said about it. Uh, he says he writes about his readers because there's no sense in writing about anything else. I did like that. No, no. He said he writes about his readers. The professor said there's no sense in writing about anything else. And then he said there's no sense in writing about writing anything. Writing about anything, yeah. But then right after he says, well, if no one's reading my stuff in 100 years, what's the point? Yeah. You know, he's... You get the vibe he's not writing for any sort of spiritual meaning. Any grander anything. design. Yeah. Nothing he's... deep about it. He's just writing because it's his job, and if he's good at it, he can be immortal. Well, I got the you sense know. that he's doing it out of fear. He's afraid he'll be forgotten, and he thinks that mm. if he writes and people are still reading it, he'll be remembered. He'll remember and... him, yeah. That'll mean his life was worth living or some shit like that. His pointless life meant something. (laughs) Uh, As he goes from woman to woman and thinks it's okay to just randomly invite that previous night's conquest along to go to the zone. Yeah, yeah. That was a weird... I didn't quite understand that scene. Like, I didn't... Maybe I was reading it wrong or it's translated poorly, but it didn't seem like he was sending the woman away, but she just kind of drove off in a huff. It was kind of confusing. It may have been a translation thing, but yeah. just the way it all went down, it was like a silent thing of... Nope. No. This was not what we agreed upon. We're not doing this. But he also she said he'd explain later, and he hasn't explained. He's starting to, bit by bit. Yeah. He points out where the room is, and so it's right there. Oh, well, that's easy to get to. Yeah, we're not going to go the easy way, because the easy way is not... The easy way. The hard way is not the easy way either, so... But it's easier. Is it? He didn't make that clear. Um, it's still the hard (laughs) way. But it's easier in the way that, um, you're less likely to get killed. Is it? Because it's still not what he said. Well, no. Um. (laughs) (laughs) He's very... Cagey. Yes. Very aloof. With stuff, partly because this is a journey of experience, you know, especially with the writer, you get the vibe of he wants to go to the room and that's it. Yeah. You know, airdrop me into this room. I don't care (laughs) how I get there or what happens along the way. I just want to be in this room. And the stalker knows better. Yes. There's more to it than just getting to the room because it's almost like you have to prove yourself. To get that far. Yeah. You know, the zone has to allow you to get that far. You know, he had said at one point, you have to respect the zone or you'll be punished. (laughs) So far, I don't think the writer's been respecting the zone and he should be punished. And the fact that he was only warned is kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Would have rather seen his head fly off like in Indiana Jones (laughs) Last Crusade. That's Christian allegory, not mysterious space meteorite allegory well that's true oh i do uh have some minor housekeeping it's uh Uh, alex garland mm -hmm. not garner or garnet or whatever i said garner i think you said i was wrong i know i was wrong that's what i remember Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. 28 Days Later, he did. That was his That's a movie breakout. you kids are yes. going to recognize. Yeah. And Dread 2012, which is still underrated. It's picking up a cult following, but... So a lot of dystopia, jarring, minorly philosophical, social commentary sort of movies. Uh, just thinky Ish. stuff. Yeah. But you can see the influence, can't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, this is like the parallels with Annihilation are like I I thought for a minute that Annihilation might have been a more direct adaptation because this is really feeling like it. No, is it? But it's not. It's apparently based on a novel. It's a little it's it's different enough, I guess, that it's not a direct ripoff. Um, (laughs) No, yeah. Theoretically, but there are definitely similarities. Because really, this movie is just a philosophical mindfuck through the brains of three men. And you get that vibe. It's sort of a toxic masculinity examination at times. It's a little bit. Well, we're using men, but I think it's just toxic humanity. True. But it's amplified by the fact that it's three men going into the zone. Is it or have we just historically amplified men? Well, well, you make a persuasive argument, Fry. <laughs> um, I mean, personally, I've always maintained that man or woman, dick is a dick. Well, yes, anyone could be toxic. Absolutely. In fact, we are all toxic at times. Yes. It's how you deal with that toxicity and... How the world reacts to it and how you react to the world reacting to your toxicity. (laughs) Which is in here a little bit. Yes. We've only kind of gotten a little bit of how the zone acts. And it's kind of weird to put that in terms of, you know, it's this esoteric entity that's not human, but it still has sort of a mind of its own in a way. It's absolutely the fourth character. Like Yes. Since our one woman in here was just the suffering housewife in true melodramatic fashion. She was really melodramatic. Yes. I don't know if we needed that opening or not. There were two women. There was the the girl in the car. Oh, true. With the fur on. So the suffering housewife and the previous conquest. Those are our female characters in this movie. Yeah. Minor issue there. But our three men are kind of stereotypical tropes of men, too. Well, you have the one who's really afraid, but is trying to cover it up with a gruff exterior, the writer. You have the supposed intellectual who is... Not really done much. No, but that's also a stereotype of men. I'm too good for this. I'm above this. Yeah, I'm going along for the ride, but... He's just been kind of quiet and doing as he's told, which isn't... That's true. Um, and then you have the manic yeah. weirdo, who's the stalker. I don't really want to call him a weirdo, because he has legit reasons for being how he is, given his job. Well, he's like the mystic. Mm-hmm. He does things that don't seem to make sense, that ultimately, well, we're, only, we're not even halfway through yet. But, <laughs> um, I'd imagine they ultimately prove to have something behind them. I honestly don't remember. As Whether we descend not, further into the zone and yeah. things start to affect them more and some things happen, it's up to you to determine whether or not they shed any of their toxic humanity. 
Well, we'll see. Even if they, it softens a little, I'd imagine something good. That, that's some improvement, right? Hopefully. Can that still, is a goal yeah. that everyone should aspire to, shedding just a little bit of that, the toxins within you, <laughs> physically and metaphorically. This world is a proving ground in many forms. And everything that happens here depends on us. I had to write that down. That's, yeah, that was a strong line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's a nice line for just humanity. As above, so below. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this world is how it is because of us. And if we don't like that, it's up to us to do something different about it. Yep. See, there's little gems of social commentary in here that are kind of neat. <laughs> you do have to uh, not fall asleep, though. I... You do have to be a bit attentive and open yes. and receptive to these things while watching this movie. There's definitely moments where you can find yourself nodding off. Yes. And you don't want to because you might miss something important. Mm-hmm. And there's those slow, still scenes are there for effect. They're there to hold sort of the, the power of those moments. Even if you haven't, didn't catch the power of the moment, you know, there's a reason why we're just sort of holding there. Gives you time to reflect. And if you get bored and stop paying attention, that's when you die. That's when the zone will get you. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Vigilance. Mm-hmm. There is this on edge horror movie feel to it. Just a little bit. Just enough. Mm-hmm. But horror movie fans, you'll probably be disappointed. <laughs> Just because there's well, this not is that. Essentially an existentialist sci fi film, right? Pretty much. Yeah, so. There's not that classic horror there, there's not jump that scare payoff. stuff. Yeah. Well, you don't necessarily need jump scares. But you're right, there's no payoff. Yeah. You need the payoff in horror. And here there's just the creep factor, the ominous, uneasy feeling. Yeah. Which is philosophical. Hmm. <laughs> Real life horror philosophy. Oh, God. <laughs> Exploring the human psyche. That's the real terror. Going sure. inward. That's the real horror oh, movie. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Let's get back to the movie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be disappointed. Still going to have to go inward. Just saying. But yeah, we got a lot left here, so we should go finish this. Be back for our curtain call and maybe your wildest desire. We'll see if we get there. Are you worthy? Probably not. You proved respect (laughs) for the zone. Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, anyway. Well, in some ways. Okay, well, we can go find out. So did it shit the bed? Kinda. Kinda? No, not really. I mean, Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, It didn't actively destroy everything it set up it didn't so. diarrhea all over the bed <laughs> yeah yeah but it's um constipated uh, <laughs> no it's just unsatisfying yeah that's and a good way to put it's it not necessarily a bad thing what did you find unsatisfying about it i don't know mm, okay but that's just the best way i can put it I get you. 
I was just hoping you were going to say it was unsatisfying that they didn't go into the room because that oh, no, was that a really was weak beautiful. answer. And that was fantastic. I'm sure some people who've seen this movie get all pissed off oh, because they, didn't they go into the don't room. go yeah, into yeah. the room. No, no, that's, that was great. The way they did all that, I thought that was pretty good. And if they'd ended it there, that would have been... That's the thing. <laughs> we had to come back. Yeah. And and we had the monologue from his wife, which yeah was all right. It at least explains why we had her in the beginning. Yes. And just sort of given... I mean, there's a nice well, line she has about how I would take a bittersweet yeah. love over a gray, uneventful life. Yeah, yeah. I, I like her reasoning behind why she puts up with the stalker and all of his foolery. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if I really needed it. I mean, it adds this context of where about faith and desire and and adds that human element to it, I guess. It necessarily anchors the beginning and end of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have to feel that, quote, the real world. Quote, big quotes, yes. Everything happening outside the zone exists. The zone is this different, strange, magical, dangerous, beautiful place. That can have effect on the world outside the zone. For better or for worse, depending on many things. It does. Oh, it definitely does. Given the fact that... They talk about the children. The, the children, children of stalkers of the, yeah. all have issues, like monkey can't walk, but she can telekineticize. Mm-hmm. Tele- I guess that's what bothers me, is that it just kind of throws that out there, like at the end. Like, oh, true. she's telekinetic, yay. Like, <laughs> nah. um, That is sort of just an add-on yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort but she's of also in color. That's yeah. There's that too. The and it, she's only in color, like when we're focusing on her. If mom and dad are doing anything other than being around her, they're in black and white. If they're talking, if they're doing, mm-hmm. other than that one scene where she's riding on dad's shoulders, right? Like we only see her in color in. The real world. The non-zone. But as a child of a stalker, doesn't it sort of make her an extension of the zone? Kind of. I think that's that's kind of the point they're making there. Yes. It's almost like, you know, working in a nuclear plant and it makes you sterile. You go into the zone, parts of you are changed because of that. And that affects how you do things in the real world or whatever happens to you in the real world. Those around you in the real world. It's bleeding in. Yep. And seeping into the real world. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that whole discussion as they're outside the room about, do you need the room? Its existence, is it a huge problem or is it something more than that? You know, it, For some does... people it gives them hope. There's almost this religious connotation to it and that's how the stalker views it but then you have these academic intellectual types with blank eyes the writer and the professor they don't see it that way 
Well, the interesting thing is, is it seems like the stalker is trying to take people to the room that will enter the room. Nobody ever does. Yeah, and one time we know someone did, it didn't end well for him. And I kind of appreciate how the writer described why that didn't end well for Mm -hmm. him. And ultimately why he chose not to go into the room. Mm -hmm. Same reason. It is your secret desire. The uh, one that defines you as a person. The thing that actually... Not just what you want right now in this moment. It's what motivates you through life. What you suffer for Mm -hmm. what ultimately what you live for and you don't necessarily want to know that yeah (laughs) like and are you sure that you want to have it yeah And, and well if you get it does that end your life does that mean your life is over Mm hmm achieving your desire the desire the main one yeah the biggie (laughs) The motivational desire yeah. of your life. Does that bring it to an end? In our one example that we have, yes. Yep. It's a hell of a room. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I would enter. Uh, yeah. It's it's a hell of a situation. You know, you tell people about this room and, and the professor is right. There would be evil-minded people who would like, oh, yes, I'm going to this room so I can get what I want. And, of course, that's very nearsighted, and they're not thinking deep enough about that. They don't realize what they would actually get. Yeah. I mean, it might be that, but probably not. Yeah. We had mentioned before about your subconscious and the the things you (laughs) bury and how things bubble up sometimes, you know? Uh, Yep. That all gets shed. When you're staring in the into the room of desire, well, it removes the mystery. It con- you're confronted with it, and the mystery is kind of what makes life worth living. Just that I don't know Which what's that is brought next. home with the wife's monologue in the end. Yeah, we do need that. Like this, my my perception of this movie is shifting and evolving as we speak. Just like the zone. Uh, and I imagine it will continue to do so for some time, probably as long as I keep thinking about it. Yeah, I'm, I've seen this twice now and I was really trying to pay attention this time and I'm still just like, whoa, uh, um, okay. (laughs) What do you think about the dog? Given that I didn't realize there was a dog in here the first time I watched it, (laughs) I don't know what to think of this dog. Uh, Came from the zone. Yep. Just sort of kept popping up, and then they just brought him back. It is a black dog. Beautiful black dog. Laden with symbolism. I I was trying to avoid all the symbolism in this movie because I... Uh, Yeah, yeah. My lack of familiarity with Russian symbolism is... uh, But I think the black dog is a pretty universal bad omen kind of thing historically. I could see that. Um, But... That didn't really give Bad Omen vibes at the end here. Uh, did it, though? I don't know. (laughs) Bringing the zone outside the zone, does that mean the entire world is going to succumb to the... Is that why the child's in color now? Craziness of the... I mean, it's essentially bringing the miraculous into the mundane. 
Which was already starting to happen with the children and... Maybe. You know... Because we, I mean, we didn't get much of Monkey before. Right. We saw her asleep and that was about it. And then just she was talked about vaguely. So we don't really know if she was in color before or whether the dog brought it out. I didn't think about the dog bringing it out. I don't know. <laughs> There's still this sort of unspoken fourth character, main character, which is the zone. Absolutely. Which, at times, it feels like it's not a thing, but it definitely is a thing. Yeah. And it's its own entity that operates by its own means. Its own logic. Mm-hmm. And it does have an effect on those that go into it. A definite effect. <laughs> I still don't fully know how much an effect it had on the professor and the writer. I mean, yeah, the professor was convinced to not blow it up. But was that because of the zone or... Right. (laughs) I don't know. Um... I think the writer was at least shown more humanity within himself. The fact that he was kind of given some tests throughout and made it through. And it sort of shed some of his... Cynicism. Did it really? Sort of. I wrote, I, he I still did, had it at the end when he yeah, was explaining I mean, everything. The line I wrote down was, uh, if I'm convinced I'm a genius, what do I need to I write? Need to Why write. do I need to write? Yeah. Like, yeah. There is that. And honestly, that's something I struggle with myself. It's hard for me to do a lot of stuff because I'm convinced I'm a fucking genius. But... Uh, <laughs> So the, that that line, I mean, there's a reason I wrote that line down. It's <laughs> like writing is exploration. It's figuring out, trying to make sense of the suffering you're living through. Yeah. And if you don't have that suffering, you don't have the impetus to write. You don't have that drive to create. You don't have the a reason to get it out. Yeah. No, that desire to. I am still questioning why the writer... Went in the first place. I mean, we, in the end, found out why the professor did, because he wanted to blow it up. The writer, he just kept saying, well, I lost my inspiration. I want, I wanted to be inspired again. And Well, he'd kind of achieved all that he wanted, I guess. Yeah. Like, he had the, the money, the women, the booze. The five dogs. Yeah, all that stuff. And at that point, like, why do I, why would I keep creating? And he wanted to... Return to that place where, oh, yeah, <laughs> if I'm not suffering, there's no reason to create. So right. I kind of need that. Did need to go through something. I don't something. want my desire fulfilled because if that happens, then I stop doing the one thing that actually matters to me, which is writing. I wonder how afraid he was of getting his ultimate desire, Yeah, whatever it may have been. Well, he was afraid of knowing what it was. I think that's a big part of it. You know, he said nothing but material pleasure and yeah. joy. And you sort of got the vibe he had a fairly easy life, especially yeah. when compared to someone like the stalker. Yeah. So when confronted with something very real like that, someone like that would be very scared and not want to go through it. Yep. Despite him overcoming some fear <laughs> with the, the tunnel and uh, yeah, whatever else. Motive. Weird thing. Yep. Free will mismentioned in here at one point. Uh, you yeah, know? Yeah. And throw hope and desire and faith into that. 
And it's a clusterfuck of human woe. We have to lose hope, though. That was one of the points the stalker made. Yeah. You can't get there until you've lost all hope. It doesn't matter if you're a good man, a bad man, what. Mm-hmm. You just have to lose hope to get to the room. You lose your uh, hope through lack of use, like with your faith. Uh, I wrote that down. Faith is atrophied through lack of use. Yes. That's a very real thing that intellectuals tend to suffer from. They lose their faith because they're not using it. Yep. Whatever faith means to you. (laughs) That's another one of them vague concepty words. Yeah. Some people just think, oh, God, in search of God. Or faith and reason. Faith in the basic decency of humanity. Oh, that's one that's hard to keep. Um. Well, yes. <laughs> or is it just faith in money? Well. <laughs> some of us have faith in money. Uh, some of us do not. If you have faith in money, though, we do have a Patreon. Whether or not I have faith in it, I still need to use it. Yeah. So... Would appreciate a little help on that front. You can fund our expeditions into the zone by being a patron. Go to patreon.com slash crackerclassics. There's a website too, crackerclassics.com. Email us too, crackerclassics at gmail. We'd love to hear from people who actually listen to us and get to the end to hear our email. (laughs) I have no idea if anyone gets to the end. That's Especially in an episode like this where it's just like, whoa. (laughs) (sighs) That was, wow. (laughs) I have no words. (laughs) If you have words, send them to us via the Gmail. This is a good movie. You should watch it. You know, going on with an open mind. This was definitely worth watching. Just keep your desires in check. And take care of the dog. Oh, yes, always. Please. I should go check on my dog. She's suspiciously quiet. (laughs) Yeah, we need to know what Honey Bear's up to. All right, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye!